0: Can't be done, huh? The switch? <laughs> the switch. <laughs>
1: Can't be done. I wonder.
0: <laughs>
1: Do you realize in the entire history of Western civilization, no one has successfully accomplished the roommate switch?
2: But I don't want to be a secondary character. <coughs> Menage toi. Menage toi. <laughs> Menage <à> toi. <laughs> Menage <à> toi.
1: <laughs> Menage
2: toi. You mean a listener? No, that would be a bit pretty weird.
1: We've only got one listener.
2: <laughs> oh, we so sure every we week do. is a threesome. That's right. We can do it over Skype or something. I think they're in the US. So. Maybe we should get Stacy back next week. We we'll have a threesome then. <laughs> yeah, as in you know, a, a podcast threesome. Yeah, a podcast threesome. Yeah, yeah not was... a sexual threesome. Of course not. What do you think we are? Sick pervert orgy guys? Yeah, we'll have
1: to get <laughs> new clothes and, lotions haircuts and and lotions. And, I know. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. we're not that.
2: No, we're not that. My name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This is a, a Seinfeld podcast where we talk about the secondary characters from every episode of Seinfeld in random order. And uh, this week, it is actually a listener's choice. So on our social medias, we did put up some polls and uh, we put up about, I think, four episodes that we haven't done yet. And uh, we asked you to pick this one. And the large majority of you picked the Switch, which is what we're doing this week.
1: Yeah, definitely. A clear winner, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, a good choice.
2: Yeah, the gum was a really close second, and I think the alternate side had some votes. And what was the other one? The implant, I think, that didn't okay. have many. Yes, but the, the switch was like three eighty percent of the vote or something. Yeah. So yeah, everyone yep. was like, everyone was pretty keen. It is indeed a classic episode from season six. Definitely got some classic elements to it. Indeed, episode eleven of that season, and uh, got some. Actually, we got quite a few secondary characters to talk about this week, Steve. We got uh, Sandy, who's the non-laughing girlfriend of Jerry's in this episode. Uh, Laura, her housemate, who Jerry fancies, uh, Jocelyn Landis, she makes her second appearance on the show. She's the lady who turned down a lane for an interview in the uh, Chaperone episode, uh, and also Nina, George's episode girlfriend, and uh, Keith, and he is um, the assistant of Landis.
1: Yeah, and I've got a couple of notes on Babs Kramer, uh, as well as Mr. Pitt. That's episode, right. Even though he's not in the episode. Yes. Uh, some character development occurs so I've got a few things about
2: him yeah he plays off against Ethel Kennedy yeah is she one of the Kennedys like uh, JFK's I think so. mother or grandmother or something yeah okay.
1: Mr. Mr. Pitt Seems like he's part of like old regal society, so I don't yeah. imagine he would just play any old Kennedy.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably just play Ethel. Yeah, you need a $300 brew line to beat Ethel Kennedy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't really get that joke. I'm like, is is it saying that Mr. Pitt is too good or that Ethel Kennedy's really old? Probably Ethel needs, Kennedy's like, really old, yeah, and yeah. he needs, like an expensive tennis racket to beat an old bat like yeah. Ethel Kennedy. Yeah, you
2: can beat him with a $20 racket at aim out sports, yeah. yeah, probably ping pong,
1: <laughs> ping pong, uh. Palette. A ping-pong mallet, yeah. Are they called mallets or pallets? Or <laughs> ah, pallets. I think some, they're pallets, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, whatever. If you're a ping-ponger, let us know.
2: Yeah, if you are and you want to give us some ping-pong tips or any tweets about menage a trois or whatever you want, send us an email, <laughs> bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. No, we won't accept emails about that. Um, you can find us on social media at bidwabask wherever you go, and uh, we are on Patreon and PayPal if you want to support us financially.
1: Yeah, that's right. For a couple of bucks a month, you can get early access to episodes as well as bonus content. Uh, we are almost at the end of Season 1. Uh, reviewing Curb Your Enthusiasm every week.
2: CopeCast? That's right. CopeCast is the podcast. And uh, as of this recording, we should be finished. Uh, by now. I think when this goes out to the general public, it yeah, should be on yeah, the final yeah, yeah. episode. Yeah.
1: yeah, we're recording uh, our second last episode, I think, after this one. So Straight uh, after, yeah. Yeah, and then we're on to, uh, in a couple of weeks, Season 11 of
2: Ah, I know. How exciting. We've got the first five episodes basically down. We just have to write some dialogue about them, but we are developing the other five. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they should be uh, yeah up and running. Um, we were going to do these on January 28th or 27th, I think, um, but due to some issues, we're going to push it back a week to early Feb. Yep. So just, to, was, you know, we would need a bit of time because we'd rather write something pretty good, not something just half-assed. So we'd rather give you something quality like we did in season 10. So uh, we're going to just need a little bit more time to entertain you for it.
1: I'm sure they'll forgive us.
2: I hope so. All one of you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. We'll
1: have another threesome to make up for uh, the week delay of season 11. Sounds good.
2: <laughs> anyway, isms for the week, Stephen. that is the namesake of your massive Facebook group. 17000 odd last time I checked.
1: Yeah, I think 17200 ish Oh. Oh, my god. Uh, when I checked earlier today.
2: Wowzers.
1: Yeah, it's uh, continuing to grow at yes. a uh, amazing rate, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, and it's, it's really, really fun. Um, a lot of people post some really cool stuff in there. Unfortunately, though, uh, with more people become uh you know comes more i guess dickheads
2: that's right yes more newmans on the page
1: yeah more newmans yeah Yeah, that's 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 actually what i might call them if (laughs) you're a newman see you later
2: (laughs) insidious evil newmans exactly yeah
1: uh so i've had to be a bit uh harsher on the old deletes lately because a lot of people have been posting some just dumb dumb stuff okay yeah a lot of like conspiratorial crap and just (laughs) just yeah and i had to like edit my rules a bit just to make it a bit more strict so I don't want to be a, a hard ass, but uh, you know I got to keep it fun.
2: Yeah, you have to. You don't want to be a clone of those other groups that we mentioned before. Yeah, yeah, no.
1: I mean, th- you know, those groups still have good stuff on them, but they they're do, yeah. they're kind of polluted. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still they're not completely uh, you know devoid of. Seinfeld, but uh, they they've got some tainting, yeah, and I want to keep mine pure,
2: yeah, for sure. Um, so Seinfeld isms, my friend. So speaking of the page and and what's happened in your life, what has happened in your life that is Seinfeld related? I have one uh, from me, but it's related to you. Oh, okay, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. So on Friday last week, uh, I was working, and uh, much like the week before, I saw a uh, I was selling merch at a gig. And uh, I saw a punter with a Seinfeld shirt on It was a cool animated version of uh, Kramer drinking the beer Saying, here's to feeling good all the time
2: Oh yeah, the iconic, classic Kramer moment
1: Probably the most popular, other than the logo Probably the most popular uh, Seinfeld t-shirt design that I've seen at least Really
2: cool, really cool Anything else? Oh, no, that's it. Oh, that's it. Well, my Seinfeldism actually relates to you. Uh, you, you came over and recorded last week the face painter, and uh, you usually um, put your wallet like near my desk, and um, you, you you messaged me a couple of days later, and you said, I can't find my wallet. Yeah. And I was like, are you sure you didn't leave it at the doctor's office like Morty? So, you know, in the reference to the yeah. wallets. I was like, yeah. So that, that is a Seinfeldism of sorts. I think so. Yeah, okay.
1: Well, I did go to the doctor after recording last week, and I thought I may have left it there, but I called him, and it's not there.
2: And he didn't yell out, my wallet's gone, my wallet's, my wallet's gone,
1: gun. my wallet. I should (laughs) have just walked in there and done that and (laughs) probably been escorted out by security like (laughs) oh is that weirdo again not another person (laughs) this happens at least once a week
2: (laughs) it sure does (laughs) <laughs> but no one gets it there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No one's a Seinfeld fan. Nah. And they're just like, what is, what's going on? <laughs> I'm just going to binge watch Friends while I wait for my appointment. Yeah, Oof. yeah. Yikes. Anyway, Seinfeldisms, that was it. So, Seinfeld news, buddy. Any news items for this week?
1: Yeah, a couple of news this week. Um, both related to Julie Louis-Dreyfus, which Ooh, is always great. Nice. Uh, so, on January 13, which was a week ago today, um, and I didn't pick it up last week because it was January 14 when I read it, it was actually uh, her birthday.
2: Oh, we did put up a post on social media uh, wishing yeah, so her happy too. birthday, yes, <laughs> so I yes. I put that up so feature to it it's fine I knew I had a feeling I was like oh I better put something up because I think we'll probably never hear the end of it if we didn't put anything for J or D up yeah we've got to acknowledge yeah for sure you have to acknowledge the royalty So
1: I was going to say now that um, uh,
2: Harry and Megan are out yeah she can she can jump in yeah she can Queen Aline Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I, I think she would be the queen, though, and QE two would be the princess. Absolutely, like, she would just be relegated yeah. down. <laughs> yeah,
2: she just abdicate the throne. She's yeah, like, I'm it's, a f- it, it's fine. I yeah. love your shoe, Seinfeld. <laughs> I abdicate the throne. Take the scepter, the take the crown. <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> rule,
1: rule, rule the kingdom. It's all good. <laughs> uh, the second bit of news is pretty exciting. Uh, no sort of specifics have been released, but uh, it was announced through the week that Julie Louis Dreyfus has signed a deal with uh, Apple to produce and uh, star in some shows for oh. their streaming service, Apple Plus. Oh, right. Uh, like I said, no particulars have been released. Um, I'm sure those details will sort of come out over the next year or two.
2: Okay, great.
1: Um, and she released a small statement and she made a little joke that I thought was funny. She said, uh, she's thankful for the build, for the deal being structured in such a way that she'll be paid only in AirPods. <laughs> nice. I thought that was a little, uh, you know, a fun little, little uh, you know,
2: Statement. Yeah, well, anything for Apple to evade more tax, you know, in yeah. their, uh, tax haven in Ireland or whatever it <laughs> is, you know. So they just give out AirPods and they consider it surplus stock. So yeah, it's a donation. So it's yeah. a tax write-off. They're worth how many hundreds of billions, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're
1: uh, yeah they're they're doing okay. They're doing all right. Actually, yeah. I read through the week that Google is uh, now valued. It might have been just a, a temporary valuation, but it was. It ticked over a trillion dollars. Oh, sorry. Alphabet did. The the parent company of Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is just, like, phenomenal. That is insane. I don't think Amazon or Apple have reached a trillion yet. So, they're the first, like, big tech company to tip over a trillion in terms of valuation.
2: Oh, boy. They're richer than most countries. I know.
1: Well, they're (laughs) richer than... Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
2: yeah, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. Mammoth. Anyway, so let's take a quick break, mate. And when we come back, let's talk about the... Uh, we'll give a plot synopsis for The Switch to this week's episode. And uh, we'll talk about some secondary characters. And before that, we'll give you a bit of trivia. Actually, really, a couple of nice and juicy bits of trivia about this episode that I think we should uh, talk about. Are you looking for a brand new conversation podcast with some interesting guests? Well, you found it. My name is Ivan Pijoni. And I'm one of the voices from acclaimed Seinfeld podcast, but I don't want to be a secondary character. I'm back for season three of In Melbourne Last Week, a podcast where I speak to everyday people who do extraordinary things from Melbourne and everywhere else. This season's themes include adversity and survival, as well as some more lighthearted topics to break it up. You can listen to In Melbourne Last Week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. <laughs>
1: Welcome back. This week we are doing The Switch here on Bibbobask. Uh, Ivan, take us through a plot synopsis.
2: Indeed. Season 6, Episode 11 is The Switch, a classic episode, you'd say. Our first aired in the US on January 5th, 1995, directed by Andy Ackerman, written by Bruce Kirschbaum and Sam Cass. In this episode, Elaine loans Mr. Pitt's expensive tennis racket to an executive from Double Day. Her name is Jocelyn Landis, played for the second time in the series by Gail Strickland, who hints that there may be a job opening for Elaine's uh, when the woman injures her arm Elaine quite can't get Can't quite, I should say, get the racket back. Um, Jerry's girlfriend, Sandy, she's played by Jan Karim, never smiles or laughs at his jokes, but her roommate, Laura, played by Heather Medway, laughs at everything she says, so he contemplates the switch. Can't be done, George says. Can't be done. Impossible. Um, George comes up with an idea as to how he might get away with it, uh, as in the switch. Um, George's girlfriend, a model, uh, her name's Nina, she's played by Charlotte Lewis, eats like a horse but never puts on weight. And it's quite funny because... um, you notice in the in the next scene where she goes in and George tries to bust her, but it's another woman. Yeah, she's like it's funny how she's like in equestrian gear. Have you noticed that? She was wearing like a jacket and those high boots tucked into like those pants. She looked like she was gonna like ride a horse. Oh yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought it was ironic because because George says she eats like a horse. Oh. and then she's dressed like she's about to ride. no, I thought that was It's probably probably total coincidence, but I found that interesting.
1: I didn't notice that. that. I I noticed that she was stylish because she's a model, but I didn't actually pay much attention to what she was wearing.
2: Yeah, it was just funny. Like when I said George cheats like a horse, I was like, oh, shit, this just came to my mind. Crazy.
1: Maybe it was like a subtle nod to... (laughs)
2: I don't know. Equestrian. <laughs> Equines of Seinfeld. Rusty. Who knows? <laughs> it's a tribute to Rusty, who will be on uh, later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Kramer's friend who eats horse meat all the time. <laughs>
1: yeah. I can't yeah. remember his name. Lomez. Lomez. Yeah. He eats horse meat all the time. That's <laughs> it.
2: I think it's Lomez. No, I think it was. Someone no, it's else. Lomas. no, it's not Lomez. No, it's someone else. else. Someone else. My
1: friend. Is it Bob Sacamante? No, I think it was someone else. Okay. There's some other rando. Yeah.
2: Anyway, George's girlfriend, a model Nina, like I mentioned, she eats like a horse, never puts on weight. Uh, Kramer suggests she might be bulimic. The gang learns Kramer's first name, Fine. Finally, after all these episodes Cosmo and that's Cosmo. thanks to and that's thanks to Babs his mother she's played by Cherie North some other secondary characters in this episode Newman makes an appearance he is of course played by the wonderful Wayne Knight uh, Terry Sweeney plays Keith Landis's assistant who we will talk about a bit later uh, Clive Rosengren is Mr. Clotworthy he is the man who introduces or says hello to Cosmo and Babs when they're walking down the street and uh, Jacqueline M. Houston plays Lorraine she's a lady in the same scene episode true Stephen, I have a really juicy one, but do you have any first? Uh yeah. So in the scene
1: where Babs runs into Newman on the street and he's smoking a cigarette, as if it's like a thirties noir film. Yes. He can be seen uh wearing a executive. That's right, made he. by or designed by Morty. Yeah. yeah, and sold by him. That's right. hmm uh, awesome. Full of moths.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right, full of, yeah. <laughs> I think I think he got
1: the only mothless one in New York. He, he did, yeah, the one with no holes. Or in maybe Morty found a, a fresh box in Florida and shipped him up and, you know, made sure there was no moths in these ones.
2: <laughs> or maybe shipped him to Crane and then Kramer just gave Newman. Yeah, him, yeah. he went to.
1: He gave them to, is it Rudy, the second-hand clothing guy? Yeah, that's right. That yeah, he yeah. sells them to? Yeah, that's it.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the original title of this episode was going to be called The Bulimic. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe a bit. Yeah. A good choice. A good choice. Yeah, I think The Switch, yeah, The Switch is the right one because yeah. The Switch is like the main part It's of a
1: primary storyline. Absolutely
2: is. Anything else?
1: Yeah, so uh, in the 90s when uh, Seinfeld was first uh, airing, it never really had gimmicks, you know, like a lot of uh, big episodes were always sort of like... G'd up to, to uh, build anticipation. Hmm, yeah. I think this is really the only one, other than maybe the finale. Uh, and that was because it was the episode that revealed Kramer's name. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I don't know just a bit of difference
2: a bit of difference I wonder if if you did watch the episode live back in the 90s let us know what was your reaction when you found out uh, his name was Cosmo because obviously there was no social media internet was very in its infancy at that time Um, let us know what, what was your reaction when you found out the name was Cosmo when you watched it live especially our American viewers
1: Yeah, and even if you watched it after the 90s, you know, for the first time in the 2000s or whatever, it still would have been a big deal if you watched it sequentially.
2: Absolutely, yeah, massive. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of Kramer's name, this is actually the really juicy trivia I wanted to talk about. Um, You know, his first name was originally going to be Conrad. Conrad. Conrad, yeah. And and uh, it was actually going to be revealed in the season two episode that never aired. The, the bet. Gun. No, the bet. The bet. That's what it's called, but it is about the gun. Oh, yeah, yeah That's yeah, the yeah, one yeah, where yeah, they yeah. bet if a lame will buy a gun. Gotcha. Um, but that was written by Larry Charles, but uh, unfortunately that episode didn't air because obviously because of the risque content at Well, there were the some
1: objections at the table read. I think Jason Alexander or JLD objected to it. They were reading it and they were like, no, nah, this this yeah. just sucks. Yeah, yeah. Something and, like that. And it was that. abandoned.
2: There was certainly I, some objections from at least one or two parties on Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but his name was going to be revealed then. But then they scrapped it, uh, and then they changed it to Cosmo.
1: Yeah, I think they made the right move again.
2: I think Cosmo sounds better. Yep. Cosmo Kramer. Conrad Kramer. Yeah.
1: Like Conrad's not a common name. No. But it's not as quirky as Cosmo. No,
2: Cosmo, and Cos- it actually works because Cosmo is a wacky guy. So having a yeah. wacky, like a wacky name like Cosmo, I think that would work. Yeah. yeah. Do you
1: remember? It was a really old Seinfeldism. An ex-girlfriend of mine, who's one of Stacey's friends, mm-hmm. she had a son with her now husband, and uh, they named him Cosmo. Oh said, yeah, yeah. You've told me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and
2: then thought, they were like, "You gotta see the baby. You gotta see the baby." And then you went to see the kid, and you're like. That's that actually quite a cute baby. Oh, very cute. Not yeah. not breathtaking. No. Okay, that's good. No, no. <laughs> very good.
1: I don't uh, I don't recoil when I look at him. Not no, that I've good. met him in person, but uh what I've seen the she photos. Looks,
2: looks like Lyndon B. Johnson. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Love it. No. Anyway, some secondary characters, let's talk about Sandy first, eh. Sure. Uh, played by stand-up comedian Jan Karam. She's also appeared in an episode of Mad About You and ER as well as bit parts and other TV shows. Um she's had a very prolific stand-up comedy career. Oh. And uh, she still headlines shows with uh, Dana Carvey from Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she's uh, been very successful, a female comic. Awesome. In the US, so good on her. Um, Sandy, yeah, doesn't laugh. I think it's either she's just... Very introverted Maybe doesn't want to show That she laughs Or maybe she just Has no sense of humour Whatsoever
1: Yeah No I think she has A sense of humour I think you kind of Gotta have a sense of humour To go out with Jerry She just doesn't Physically express it Yeah but She, if it's she, not she finds the sense, things funny But
2: if it's not The sense of humour Then what do you think Might be attracted to uh, uh, To her about Jerry I should say
1: I thought that maybe She's got a Like an irritating laugh Or a laugh that people Would give a shit about oh, And it's created uh, like Maybe not that irritating Yeah uh, From an earlier season? Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I thought maybe she's got a laugh that she feels insecure about. Yeah. And maybe people have given her shit about it and uh, so as a reaction to that she's sort of just kept it suppressed
2: ah okay fair enough because I've noticed I, I don't know if it was like the actress herself like Jan or whatever but I noticed when in, in the restaurant scene where Jerry says a joke and she goes that's funny and she smiles you can yeah. kind of see her trying not yeah. to crack up yeah, yeah she you know? smokes yeah. yeah she smokes but, no, but she tries to hold in her laughter yeah and that was probably like she probably, it was probably a take where she just burst out laughing yeah I don't you know? think she would have yeah.
1: laughed the joke wasn't particularly good but no, just, no, just, just the context
2: just the context of it yeah definitely definitely another really quirky aspect of her personality Steve is uh, she's really into threesomes yeah group sex yeah um, very daring you'd say
1: yeah she doesn't seem like the sort of person who uh, and this is not a criticism um, because I think you know we've all got sexual fantasies that have not been acted out Mm. I don't think she's had a threesome
2: I think so too yeah I I think think she's very curious about it yeah, yeah yeah definitely
1: uh, but she seems very very turned on by the idea you know it's not just a oh yeah that that'd be fun. it's a very very genuine um, sort of connection she feels to Jerry yeah when uh, when he suggests it mm. um, and I think maybe you know maybe she's wanted to bring it up in previous relationships or with friends or you know oh, other people okay. yeah, um, but it's just never come up.
2: it's never come up or she's been too scared to ask yeah yeah maybe and because Jerry's initiating the whole idea she gets she feels like a, a relief has gone off. Yeah Yeah. She's like Yeah cool I
1: think she sees it I mean you know A threesome would be fun Hmm. But I think uh, You know She seems like She's quite into Jerry Yeah And I think for her It would be a way To strengthen their bond And relationship Because I mean It requires a lot of trust Okay Um, You know It's not a, if there's an emotional aspect to a relationship, I think introducing another partner to the bedroom okay. requires a certain amount of trust. Okay. Um,
2: I've never been close to one of these in my entire life, so okay. I have no idea what's required.
1: <laughs> I won't comment. <laughs> so, But I, I don't think you need to experience, you know, group sex in any way to understand that if it's with someone that you're with. Right. You know, it, it requires an amount of trust and communication and comfort mm. and uh, you know, connection and understanding. It's I not can... something you can just do casually. Yeah, of it's something that requires planning and you know have to know the person and feel comfortable with them and all of that sort of stuff. So, I think for her, she sees it as a way to feel close to Jerry as well as the, the fun sexual side I think it's a deep emotional thing for her as well
2: yeah and very interesting as well because she mentions to Jerry that off screen she talked to Laura her housemate about it and even Laura was keen on her too yeah so it's probably another thing where maybe well I guess we'll talk about Laura in a sec but um, yeah, with Sandy like even she was surprised that even Laura was keen on her too so she's like okay I've got jerry who's keen and then i've got laura who's keen so i've already got the consent we're good yeah i don't
1: think she brought it up with laura to see if she was keen i think she would would have just talked about it right because it's like a a thing that maybe doesn't happen that often Mm. um so you'd want to sort of like talk about it to the first thing uh, to the first person that you see yeah being a housemate and then it just happens that Laura's into it as well. Yeah, and right. she's like, great, you yeah. know. it's all falling into place. Of course, and then Even for Jerry, happens. Yeah. exactly.
2: Jerry, <laughs> I love George's George's reaction in that scene. It's like discovering plutonium oh, yeah. by, by accident. accident. I like. Do you ever
1: just get down on your knees and thank whoever that thank you've got access to d- my dementia? Uh, uh, dementia. dementia. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm not going
2: to do it. I'm not an orgy guy. I don't want to be an orgy guy. I can't be an orgy guy. I can't be an orgy guy. I got to get new clothes, new lotions, new friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So with with Sandy, just to sort of sum her up, I think
1: um she, I think she's really really attracted to Jerry. I think and she I, is. Yeah. I think um she eventually would have learned to laugh around him because mm. he's a comedian uh, and that's his whole shtick, being funny. Uh, if they'd stayed together if uh, Jerry hadn't wussed out of the threesome and they'd actually gone through with it Mm. I think she would have developed pretty strong feelings pretty quickly for Jerry yeah right and uh, you know let her guard down a bit and maybe started to laugh Mm -hmm. and then I think Jerry would have been I think she I don't think Jerry's ever had the one but I think she's She's going to come close in terms of potential girlfriends. Yeah, you could right. have worked out because it's no. not like her laughing is the reason Jerry broke up with her. No, no, no. It's it was just, a curiosity yeah. for him.
2: It was. It's just the fact that she he couldn't go through with the menage. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: that's the reason they ended. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was a it was slightly annoying to Jerry, or yeah. it was confusing as opposed mm-hmm. to annoying. Yeah, I could see Sandy being her sort of like true self with Jerry eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, she. Mm. I think she, there would have been a good, healthy relationship there. Yeah. If, uh, Jerry didn't suck out about the threesome.
2: No, no, definitely. Not yeah.
1: that Jerry had to go through with it, but, uh, you know, if it did happen,
2: I think it would have turned into something good. How do you think they broke up then? Do you think that maybe Sandy was so turned on by the idea when Jerry refused to do it, then Sandy's like, oh, you're not daring, and that
1: was it? No, I think Jerry would have made up an excuse to break up with her and save to save face.
2: But I don't want to be an orangey guy.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, even though Jerry's not like some hyper masculine dude, in this episode, he says, you know, the housemate Laura possesses, uh, you know, many qualities that the superficial man seeks mm. in a woman. So he still possesses those primal urges. Primal urges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think to maintain his sense of masculinity, he would have made up an excuse to save face, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but really he was just too intimidated by the threesome
2: yeah anyway but uh, yeah, no. Sandy was a good character I liked her yeah she was uh, very in on many scenes but uh, she definitely served the purpose and she was obviously one of the confidants or one of the main people in the proposed and unsuccessful switch now speaking of the other wheel in the uh, cog in the machine I guess you'd call it the machine that is the switch Laura Uh, she's played by Heather Medway and and, uh, hasn't had many acting credits since 1996 actually Uh, her last one was on the tv show viper in that year and uh, she's appeared in episodes of models inc and friends
1: wouldn't it be amazing after this episode if she went into porn <laughs> specifically <laughs> that's why, some yeah. porn <laughs> well,
2: that's why she hasn't had credits for 1996 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> porn, porn credits don't appear on imdb yeah that's right <laughs> oh god it's like her credits include seinfeld friends and fireman a hot number six yeah you know <laughs> fireman's hose 12 yeah or like whatever. <laughs> anal anarchy 27 yeah. or something <laughs> coeds
1: 24 i like your porn title fireman's a hot six yeah. like, six
2: and nine yeah.
1: <laughs> now you got to be a bit more uh you know a bit more uh salacious than that it's got to be yeah. like you know i don't know Dick Destroyer 28 or something. I don't know.
2: <laughs> Gang Bang Patrol. Yeah. 12. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, anyway, enough about porn. Laura, yeah. So, uh, obviously, yeah, she's pretty keen and uh, she's pretty attracted to Jerry too. Yeah. Really likes. She has a wonderful sense of humor and uh, loves laughing and everything.
1: Yeah. And I think she's. Uh, she has a attra- nice laugh too. Yeah. Mm. Like, well, Jerry comments on that. Yeah, you know. sure. She doesn't have the course. Ha! She doesn't have the ha ha ha. ha.
2: And Jerry Jerry's like I hate the ha. I hate the ha. I hate the
1: ha. Uh, yeah, she's definitely uh, attracted to Jerry. She flirts with him a lot. I think it's because he's a joke teller. Yeah, you know. And she probably had an idea of. I'm, um, you know, I'm sure when Sandy came home, uh, you know, after they met, you know, they would have said, you know, what was it like. And Sandy would have been like, oh, he's a comedian, he's really funny. I don't laugh, but I still find him funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Laura probably was into him or into the idea of him even before meeting him. You know, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever had it in your life where, you know, your friend or someone you know meets someone and they describe them and they just sound awesome just by being described to you. Yeah. You're just like, oh, this person sounds cool. I want to meet them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, You're not attracted to them, but you just like you get a really good idea of who this person yeah. is. Yeah, you,
2: they've put in good words about them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you, you and it anticipates sense. the meeting. Like, you anticipating, yeah. like, oh, awesome. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah, seem
1: yeah. like, just purely by description, they sound like a, a cool person. Mm. I think maybe it would have been a bit of that, you know, like, oh, this Jerry guy sounds really cool. He's funny, yeah. he's a comedian, you know. And uh, she was sort of into him already. She was into the idea of him. Mm. And, uh, yeah, when he knocked on the door, it yes. it. The, the reality matched
2: the expectations. That's right, and even probably exceeded the expectations too. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Jeez. Oh, well, what can you do what can you do he had the chance for the menage but uh, didn't go through because he didn't want to be the orgy guy no didn't want to be an orgy guy ah well anyway from that storyline let's talk about a character in Elaine's storyline Jocelyn Landis Uh, she's played by Gail Strickland she's appeared in the films The American President and TV shows including Hawaii Five-O that's a classic uh, MASH which you love and ER Uh, she's also appeared in an earlier episode of Seinfeld like I mentioned earlier called The Chaperone where she turns Elaine down for the job. Yeah, yeah, for the job. So she, I think, she, in that one, Elaine tries to go for a big, major job at the company, a double day, and then ends up, ends up uh, working for Mister Pitt. Yeah, in that episode, yeah, yeah,
1: that's when he mistakes her for Jackie and Mrs. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. She's wearing all the wearing the stuff, the gear. Yeah, Jocelyn's yeah.
1: actually quite rude and a bit snooty. To she She's very snooty, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. and then Mister Pitt comes along, and Mister Pitt is just
2: sort of enthralled by yeah. Elaine and gives her a gives her a job. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So Jocelyn, yeah, not really. Don't like her as a person. Very yeah, up herself and. You know, she just decides to borrow a three hundred dollar racket, even though she could yeah. probably afford it on her own. Yeah, you know, it's a brood line. You know
1: yeah I mean you know. she's in a tennis shop like yeah. just go buy another it's record going,
2: I'm sure you're good for it you're yeah. an executive you know for a publishing company
1: and she seems like she comes from money anyway she does yeah. you know like sort of up the upper crust of New York Jocelyn Landis yeah that sounds and, very and the upstate. fact that she's uh, you know she knows Mr. Pitt sort of reaffirms that as well
2: absolutely yeah you know. um, yeah so yeah she was just yeah and and I think she really put it on as well I think with her diagnosis you know claiming that she can't play tennis again I think she was just over exaggerating I I think she did get the injury and it was you know serious but i think in her mind she thought i can't play tennis if i can't play tennis i can't live you know yeah. i think she's just being over dramatic i bet you the doctor probably said look you just have to put it in a cast for like a month or yeah. you know a few weeks and then let it heal and you know maybe don't play tennis for like a couple of months, yeah. A bit of physical sure. therapy, you'll yeah. be sweet in six months. Yeah, even but Elaine fa- says you'll be fine. You'll be able to play chess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know whatever. I like it when
1: she's like wailing about her misfortune, and Elaine's like trying to keep positive and just like yeah. you can cycle and yeah, hiking,
2: <laughs> yeah. hiking. She's about to say hiking, and but she knows around. it's fruitless. Like, yeah, this exactly. just knows She's like, you can hike. I'm yeah. like, so I think Jocelyn, like her injury, while it was you know serious, I don't think it was as bad. She's as definitely what she catastrophized said. it. Catastrophe? Yeah, she catastrophized, That's the word. Yes. Yeah, I think.
1: I can understand that, though, in a way, because tennis obviously means a lot to her. Mm, so I think does. the idea of potential, like, even if the doctor was like, look, there's a very, 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 very small chance of never playing tennis again. she probably just, like, honed in on that idea and thought, oh, my God, I'm never going to play tennis again. Like, Yeah, exactly. When, yes. when something is very meaningful to you on a personal level... If there's any, even like half a percent of a percent of a percent that that will never be part of your life again, mm-hmm. it's easy to turn that molehill into a mountain. Yeah. You know, because it's so, so important to you. Mm-hmm. And the idea yeah. of it
2: not being in your life is just... The worst. Well, it sounds like she doesn't have many other hobbies besides tennis. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, just her right. own right. that's, that's her bag. Yeah. So just,
1: uh, you know, being a snooty interviewer and playing tennis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But she seems a bit more down to earth yeah. in this episode. But she does, yeah, Like, yeah, she approaches yeah. Elaine and she's quite nice. And mm-hmm. she even says, like, you know, uh, keep in contact. We've got another job opening. So that's right. So, maybe, maybe she reflected upon her treatment of Elaine or maybe she... Had some respect for Elaine when, uh, when uh, Pitt, Mr. Pitt, employed yep. her. Yeah, that's right. You know, maybe
2: she. I'm, I'm sure. Or maybe she was like in the top four or five. Maybe, yeah. maybe Elaine was like behind a couple of more potential yeah. candidates, and you know the situation. Like one candidate gets the role, yeah. and then number two, number three go somewhere else, and then. You yeah. Know, number four. There by can the only lane. be one winner. There can only be one, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Highlander, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure she would have talked between uh, what was the episode that she was first in? The Chaperone. The Chaperone in yeah. this episode to Mr. Pitt hmm. and, you know, gotten an idea of it. And Mr. Pitt probably would have sung her praises. And she thought, oh, okay. Well, if I ever run into her again, I'll, uh, you know, tell her about a job opening. So she's kind of softened on Elaine a bit. I think just through being Mr. Pitt's employee. Yeah, it's who you know. Um, yeah, and it's who you know. And yep. and yeah, she's actually quite nice. Yeah, I mean, she kind of manipulates the tennis racket situation
2: a she bit. She does, but uh, Elaine does have a motive. She does have a potential job offering, so that's yeah. why she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but so. at the you know at the pro shop, she's 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 nice to her. It's okay, you know, she's
2: not a jerk. Yeah, but then she's just really over dramatic when uh, she yeah. goes to the office, <laughs> or mm-hmm. when Elaine goes to the office. I love her when like she's it. crying. I know. It's like, like. <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah. I, can, I, can't I can't play tennis. I can't live. Yeah, it's just pure wailing. Yeah, absolutely. Very catastrophizing and wailing. Anyway, do you have anything else on Landis? No, that's really about it. All right, cool. Let's take one more break, mate, and uh, we'll come back and talk about George's episode girlfriend, Nina, the supposed bulimic. You and, know, uh, blah. Blah. <laughs> That's my line of the episode. <laughs> He's just like, you know, <laughs> <You> know <blah. laughs> <laughs> I'm fresh make... enough. No, you look fresh. You're fresh. Fresh, <laughs> fresh <laughs> enough. Fresher. <laughs> You're fresh enough. Fresher. Fresher. And also Keith, the flamboyant assistant of landis who uh, refused to to give elaine the tennis racket so we are talking about the secondary characters from season six is the switch we'll be back
1: hi hello i'm beth i believe you're
2: expecting
1: me yes please come in
2: medea opens the door wider allowing beth to walk into the house she looks around cautiously outside before closing the door You have a
0: beautiful home. Medea smiles as she looks at her feet, her face growing slightly red. The two women then make their way upstairs and into the lounge room.
2: The Descent, a three part audio drama. This psychological thriller is centered around Medea, a young woman trying to run from her past and forge a better life for herself. But the past is never. Far behind,
1: Part One, Medea, coming to you this February.
2: We are talking about the switch today on Basque and our third or fourth or third last character today is Nina. She's played by British actress Charlotte Lewis, and she's appeared in the films The Golden Child and Men of War. You're probably wondering how did George meet someone so fantastic like her? I think he probably met her uh, through a hand model agent's um you know cuz you know he was doing the hand modeling in the puffy shirt in season yeah. 5 maybe Somehow, maybe oh. someone reached out to him and offered him a role or something, or maybe I don't know. Maybe some... They, she he maintains some connection to that world, yeah. Or ran into the person somehow, and then they somehow knew a modelling agency, and then maybe met through her, or maybe she was doing hand modelling on the side. Yeah, look, I don't I, know. Maybe there might be some connection in that industry. That's my guess.
1: Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I yeah. could see a situation where maybe you know he runs into an agent on the street, and the that agent is, yep. is with uh, uh, with Laura. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, Nina, Nina. Nina. Nina, yes. Nina. <laughs> we talked about Laura just before. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, is with Nina. Yes. Uh, you know, and then they meet just sort of accidentally on the street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, George might not be the typical bloke that she goes out with, but no. maybe, you know, she wanted st- maybe she was sick of the superficial men yep. that she would normally sort of have in her life. And she's gone,
2: yeah, definitely. And she's and gone she from. To, yeah, just try someone different. Try, yeah, try someone different. Yeah, someone more uh, everyday. A bit more down to earth. <laughs> Somewhat. A bit more bald. A bit more bald. <laughs> a little bit. Just a, a little bit. A bit more stocky and short. Yes. And I think I think she, obviously she's from England, uh, probably came from London, New York, uh, or maybe she was already working in London and then she got a gig in New York.
1: I think if uh, she has come from London, she's got, she must have been in America for a while because she's got a distinctive American accent. She well, doesn't really sound British.
2: Oh, she does have some British, like in the scene in the bathroom, she does have a British accent. She's like, what are you doing in here, George? Really? Yeah, I felt so. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I kind of got British vibes, unless she's lived in America for like five years yeah, or something. Yeah, it might be just yeah.
1: like a weird meld.
2: Yeah, like a meld. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah, got. So she would have done some work in London, is my guess. Or maybe she got picked up in London, you know, and then she started her career in New York. She yeah. She's still pretty young, so, yeah, you never know. That's true. Uh, now, she's not bulimic, I assume, but how come she has such a big appetite? Does she have, like, a tapeworm or something You <laughs> know, No, body? I think she's just got, you know, <laughs> some people can just put it away and not uh, not put on weight. Something tells me that maybe while she's shooting during the day, she's not allowed to eat much. Uh, so, you know how models usually, like, mm. skinny models don't usually eat much during Like, they the starve themselves for shoots, or they'll but, but at the end yeah, of the shoot, she'll just smash come it. and yeah. absolutely smash a yeah. plate and, of pasta. And then she'll go yeah, to the gym or sense. something to burn it. Off, you yeah, know? yeah. I think she probably just eats celery and car- um, you know, celery and carrots, lemon water know? and celery or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's probably her regime for breakfast and lunch, and then dinner she belts it out, and then mm. uh, she goes to burn it off later. Yeah, I don't so, think yeah.
1: um, I don't think she's bulimic at all. Nah, definitely no. not. Nah. She d- she doesn't go to the toilet and refund. No, she doesn't. Go, Bleh. <laughs> I'm I'm paying <laughs> for those meals, <laughs> yeah. and George. you're concerned, right? Of course, I'm concerned. I'm paying for those meals. Paying for those meals. Oh man, no, I know that's talk- like one of George's lowest moments. It sure
2: and Elaine's <laughs> just like. You have to wait till the least digests. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, awesome concerned. And you think,
1: oh, George, you're concerned. I'm paying for those meals. <laughs> yeah.
2: You scumbag. You scumbag, I know. <laughs> um, Yeah, so Nina, she seems to be an up-and-coming model. Obviously moved from London to New York, like I mentioned before. Probably doing, you know, the New York Fashion Week or whatever it is over there. The major... What is it, Victoria's Secret? I don't know. Whatever the major one is in New York, I've got no idea.
1: Yeah, I think she's more of a catalogue model than a runway model because oh, she's yeah. in the
2: magazine, you know, in the
1: at the start when George shows Kramer. Oh, in the
2: news- yeah, the newspaper, I think. Yeah. Magazine, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and, uh, like, I don't know a whole lot about modelling, but I know that, you know, uh, to some extent, models kind of stick to certain sorts. You know, there are runway models and then there are catalogue models right. and then there are, like, swimsuit models. So I would say that maybe she's more of, like, a fashion catalogue model than, yeah, maybe, than like, yeah. a runway model. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah. And she doesn't have the typical... I mean, not not all models are the same, but the stereotype for like runway models is that they're like tall and gaunt, yes, and they kind of look half dead. Mm-hmm. But she, yeah. you know, she's slim and she's, you know, she's model, yeah. but she 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 looks healthy. She, she looks filled look out. Yeah. She doesn't look like a you know like a half dead. Fucking
2: zombie praying mantis. Praying mantis, yeah, and doesn't eat eat the males after sex. Yeah, um, just like, eats the pasta. Just eats the pasta. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, she does look like she looks after herself. And I made a really good point then when I was reading the plot synopsis, saying that she looked like you know she eats like a horse. Yeah, and she dressed in like equestrian like okay, you Just ear. like give
1: yourself kudos. You're like, I just made a really good point. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. No, if you no, I you love it back, I love you know, the confidence. Yeah, I love. If I was you're so gonna confident. back someone. Back yourself. Yeah, I was
2: so confident. And I was like, yeah, no, yes, <laughs> she, she does back yourself. You know, you have to. In Dog eat dog world, you know, just model model eat pasta world. You have to, you know, it's crazy. Um, yeah, and she's just in the equestrian gear. I love it. It's a nice little nod, like you said, to to that. Yep, yeah. If it's not
1: deliberate, we'll just assume it is. We sure will, just to maintain your confidence. Absolutely.
2: Uh, uh, do you have anything else about her? No, uh, she was enjoyable in the uh, two scenes that she was in And yeah, uh, I think that was enough Yeah, I, I think Nina probably had enough of George yeah. And George probably suspects she was bulimic And then Nina's like, oh, you know, stop trying to follow me around
1: Well, I, I listened to uh, the Signcast episode about this uh, about this episode Oh, right And uh, they mention that there's a deleted scene Where George is, like, protesting her leaving Like, trying to make her come back Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah And he says something like she says something like, "Uh, you know, call this number one eight hundred. You'll never see me again, or something." Ooh, I can't remember. Ex- I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's some line, yeah, sure, or some like sort of snarky, smart-ass comment, yeah. that suggests that. I'm leaving you. Don't right. have to call me again. It's something like that. Well, lucky they cut that out. Yeah, that would have yeah, been stupid. That yeah. would have been really corny. Yeah, I mean yeah. The, the scene spoke for spoke for itself when he, when she's just like goodbye, George. Like yeah. that's that's a very final goodbye. Yeah, obviously.
2: Yeah. 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 So there, yeah, no, I'm glad they left that on the cutting room floor.
1: Yeah, like yeah. even if she didn't pick up that George thought she was believing, just mm-hmm. the fact that he's willing to spy her in a woman's spy on her in a woman's toilet. Yeah, like that's just like nah yeah, no, I don't I much. don't know you well enough. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's you know, never cool.
2: Good for her. And then she went on to become a swimsuit model or something.
1: Yeah. She's hopefully she didn't become a runway model because then she would be refunding.
2: Yeah, she would be refunding. She wouldn't be eating pasta. No. That's for sure. (laughs) Anyway, next character, Keith, he's played by Terry Sweeney and he is uh, Landis' assistant, as I mentioned before. Uh, He's known for the films Hype, Shag and Love at Stake. I think, I don't remember if he was in The Chaperone as well, but I think he probably remembers Elaine from the previous interview at Doubleday, maybe... He didn't like her demeanor or what happened in the events of the chaperone as well. He was probably like, I don't, I haven't seen that episode in a long time, but I don't remember if he was there or not, but maybe he just didn't. I don't think he was. No, but maybe he just saw her storm out or something happened and just didn't like her. Simple yeah,
1: yeah, he definitely would have recognized her and been like, yeah. "Hang on, like I remember her from being interviewed a few months ago." That's Why, right. why is she back?
2: Because the chaperones in season six too. That's yeah. like one of the early season episodes of season six. So yeah. that was only like five, six episodes beforehand, or maybe seven episodes before. Yeah. Or. Um. So yeah, obviously it's still pretty fresh, pretty fresh in his mind. Uh Yeah, he's a really like vindictive guy too. He's like a bitch. he's a very he's a bitch. Yes, he's a bitch. Sure is, and uh, <laughs> sure he's a nasty, nasty bitch. <laughs> he sure is. What a bitch. Total bitch. <laughs> you do that too well. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, no, it's funny because when Elaine says, "You're not going to tell Miss Landis about this, are you?" I don't have to, but, but I, I will. But I will. But I am. Yeah, he's yeah. just a, a nasty little bitch. A nasty little bitch. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Stereotypical, very camp bitchy gay man. Yeah.
2: Very nineties nineties caricature. Yeah. Yeah. Not
1: very complex as a gay character. No. But um, yeah, I I kind of enjoyed him. Like he, you know, just. Sometimes just people being assholes is enjoy. I mean, that's that's Seinfeld, isn't it? But yeah, like sometimes sometimes people who are just assholes for absolutely no reason. Like he had no reason to dob her in, and Elaine, although she didn't conduct herself entirely appropriately, had every right to try and get the racket back. Yeah, she may have not have gone about it in the best way, but he just was unnecessarily an asshole. But I don't know, it's kind of enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, on it a was. Same level, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 especially yeah. coming from a ga- a gay camp bitch. Yeah,
2: gay camp bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, so, but uh, he was fun in that scene. So yeah. I no, wish he was. we saw him in another scene. Yeah. yeah. I wish there was a follow up of her returning to Miss Landis's office and yeah. Keith is there and there's like a confrontation. That would have been fun. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Anywho, that is Keith. Uh, now you had some notes on Babs, who we have talked about in our Seinfeld parents episode way back when. One of the yeah, earlier episode. tenth, tenth. Yeah, sorry, our right. second ever. What's the deal? Yeah, the first that's wrong right. with Susan. That's right with yeah, your we're, uh, parentals. Yes, when yes. my folks came and uh, had a bit of a yarn. That's right. Yes, so you wanted to talk about Babs in the context of this episode.
1: Yeah, so I can't remember. I haven't listened to that episode probably since we first recorded it. It was yeah, a long time ago, yeah, but. Yeah. I think we mentioned that uh, she would have gone to... She had a history of, like, some sort of substance abuse. Well, that's what Kramer references. Yeah, 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 yeah and, yeah, she, yeah. and she gets really angry. She's like, I've been clean for three years or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing that I found interesting in their relationship, it's very, like, fiery. Mm, you know, is, it's very, yeah. like um, like, there's not a lot of banter. It's just very direct and forthright. Um, and, you know, I can understand it. it might take a little while for them to, like, redevelop a more, like, subtle, soft element to their relationship. Mm. But Kramer's just like, I want you to quit your job. Okay, I'll quit my job. You know, but, you know, remember what happened last time? And she sort of yells at him. It's just very, like... Uh, they're,
2: like they're hanging on to the past. And they're yeah. holding grudges. Yeah, yeah but just,
1: yeah. just the style of communication they have is just very
2: direct. I'm very the, abrasive. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: It's not, like, dysfunctional, but there's just no, like sort of levels of, you know, like, say, George and Jerry, they can communicate in a very direct, sort of, almost, like, mean way, but then they've also got, like, a warmer, you know, there's there's levels to their relationship, whereas, I don't know, I just thought that's something we didn't talk about, and I found it interesting as a dynamic. Yeah. But it makes sense in that, you know, it takes a while sometimes to develop a softer, more... Uh, subtle form of communication in a relationship. Like, that's usually the last thing to develop because you have to know someone intimately Mm -hmm. to sort of communicate in that more personable way. Mm -hmm. Whereas the way they communicate is just like, it's almost like they've met for the first time. Yeah. You know, and they're just trying to sort of understand each other's boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and figure each other out in like a crude way.
2: Well, five years is a very long time if you haven't reconnected with someone in that period. Especially, and I mean, Babs
1: has been through a lot and she's changed. You know, Mm. she's gone from being a an addict of some sort to being clean. Mm. Like that's a huge transformation. Yeah. And uh, add five years to that. And that's a, that's a lot to sort of take on again.
2: And one thing we should mention about her as well is a, her tryst with uh, Newman. Yeah. yeah. I think if they've done it before. I think they've been together in the past. Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause as soon as she slides up to him, she's like, Hey Newman, what are you doing? You looking for trouble? And he's like, Oh, what does he say? Oh, I'm just minding my own business. I yeah. love that. I love that whole scene. It's yeah, so good. it's good.
2: It's good. It's like you referenced. Uh, you said it's like 30s film noir. Yeah, it's like yeah.
1: a film. You know, it's like a like a detective or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's good. a she's a belle. She's a dame with the music in the background. Your favorite music. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I think they've had relations before. Yeah, you can yeah. tell there's history there. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I found it interesting about Newman. While you mentioned him, that it's one of the only scenes where, you know, sometimes he tries to act cool, like in control, but he, he does, usually yeah. just cooks it. He usually just like stumbles over his words. But this or, like, time fucks he up. was cool. Completely, Completely in straight. control. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it was, yeah, yeah, it was good to see, you know, he finally yeah. he finally started acting cool and he maintained the cool all
2: the way throughout the whole scene. Well, that shows the talent of Wayne Knight. Yeah. You know, Wayne Knight can play goofy <laughs> and he can also play cool. Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah definitely. he was really, really good. Yeah, he was, you know? yeah. yeah. Very brief, very brief he was in at
1: Newman, but uh, it was good. I loved his reaction to Cosmo as well, and he was like, oh my God. Cosmo. <laughs> yeah he's like half
2: he's half his shirt's open. He's yeah, got like, yeah. you know, it looks like they've been making out. He's got like, you know, yeah. you know it looks like, like he's a bit been, of a bit of pash rash, yeah. So he's, and like, he's Cosmo. like Cosmo. <laughs> and
1: I love his facial expression too, because he's sort of scared of Kramer, but then he realizes, hang on. Kramer's
2: name is Cosmo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in two even seconds, even he portrays know, yeah. so much. He's
1: like, Cosmo? <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh. Even, even didn't know. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, anyway, so that is... Uh, do you have anyone else? We no, that that's know? it. That is all the secondary characters from The Switch. Now, Stephen, let's go on to our rankings, mate. So, out of 115 episodes we have done so far, normal episodes of Bidwabask, we'll where does this episode, The Switch, make it in... Uh, 23. Nice. 21 for me. Yeah. So pretty good. No, nice. really good episode. Yeah, definitely. A cla- I, I think, yeah, it's classic, in like you said, in some parts, but a lot of people do rank this really highly. And obviously our listeners, this was a listener's choice episode, so most of you decided to go for this one. I think it was like 80% of the vote. Yeah. One of the Switch. So there you go. So yeah. Worked out.
1: I think the scene that really makes this episode like go from good to great is the little montage where Jerry and George are trying to figure out how to conduct the switch. That
2: I, I forgot to mention that that is one of the best Jerry and George dynamics, yeah. probably in the whole series. Yeah. I think that yeah, that whole period is just, you know, going from monks to when George comes in and says, ah, and they're got walking it. on the street ah, yeah
1: and they're in the apartment. Amazing, and amazing. Even little subtle things like there's a shot uh like the cameras above uh, viewing down onto the table, and you can just sort of see their hands interacting. And then George, and George has George, the George like tries to like sneak the check over to chair. I know that's yeah. very well done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they they fit in
2: like tropes even with just hands and a table. Yeah, very yeah. good. Considering George was a hand model, it's appropriate. Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Anyway, um, yeah, so twenty one for me, twenty three for you. Yep. Excellent. Any secondaries for this week make your top twenty of all time? No, no. but
1: I liked every secondary character in their own right in this episode, but none yeah. of them were really strong enough or memorable enough, uh, or old and grumpy enough to make my top ten. <laughs> or imagine. Or curmudgeonly enough, yeah. What
2: about you? No, none this week. No. Yeah. Anyway, that is the switch, and that was. But I don't want to be a secondary character. We love hearing from you. We love that you listen to us and support us, and all that kind of stuff. Spread the word about us. We'd love to get more than one listener that we have at the moment. No, no, just kidding. We, we, we want to have...
1: have a big orgy with all of our listeners. Oh,
2: yeah, not really.
1: <laughs> a, uh, a sonic orgy.
2: A sonic orgy.
1: <laughs> Where we are the givers and you are the takers.
2: You, it'd be like Demolition Man. You remember that scene with Sliced Alone and Sandra Bullock and. They Having sex, but it's not oh, yeah, those yeah. head, you know, yeah. those VR, I not know if it was a VR or like the headset they got to put on and yeah. it stimulates, it simulates like, yeah, the, and it's the, like weird flashes yeah. and stuff. And he's like, What the hell is this? Yeah, it's like, we're <laughs> having sex. He's like, That's not sex, <laughs> that's right. So we can always do that, I guess.
1: <laughs> and if you have the answer to the seashell, que- uh, quandary in that, oh, yeah, for, for, for I, I wiping your ass, that yeah, that's no, it's to wipe your ass, right? Yeah, I know, yeah. but they still don't explain how the three shells work. No, they don't. I like it when he's, uh, when he needs toilet paper and he goes up for the little, you know, the little thing that issues fines yeah, every time he's swears he's like, You motherfucking of shit, fucking blah 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 blah. blah. And he like, spits out like 25s and he's like, and he like grabs the paper and is like, I'll be Burke. Oh. <laughs> and he like, Oh,
2: we've got to do a review of Demolition Man on Patreon. I watched
1: that film like maybe three months ago. It's really good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so cheesy, but it's yeah. so good. We've
2: got to do it for Patreon for our subs.
1: Yeah, we can link it to Seinfeld somehow. Somehow. Yeah. yeah we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll find someone who's been
2: on the show yeah, um, in the movie. Wesley yeah. Snipes or <laughs> maybe not. The, the St- Slice the or something. Yeah, I don't whatever. Know. But not anyway, anyway, As I was saying, yeah, thank you so much, like I said, for support you can find us on social media or send us an email if you want uh, we did get some listener mail last week none for this week so we'd love to hear from you in any of those channels my name is Ivan and I'm Stephen and we are getting out of season six next week we're going to season seven and we're talking about the Friars Club the one where Jerry's jacket gets stolen supposedly by the uh the great Malenko brothers no the great something brothers? something brothers the yeah flying something brothers yeah that's it yes that's it
1: I was thinking of Juggalos and ICP when I said the great Malenko that's <laughs> an album title there that, so. yeah
2: uh, no, not quite. No, but those brothers, yes, yes they're the, in there. The, the brothers from the, the brothers. place that that's do the things. That's right. They do all the acrobats and stuff. Yep. Yes, that we are doing the Friars Club, and we will see you next week, huh? Love.